0: Welcome to episode 140 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network. The Sources Say Podcast is presented by our good friends. At Justice Dental, you can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations that's on Wellington Way and Blazer Parkway. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com. Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson look forward to seeing you soon. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? Fantastic, Jack. How are you? I'm doing great. We're uh, rocking and rolling with this podcast. We've been doing pregame and postgame shows and little analysis here and there about uh, how things are going with this season, the uh, ins and outs, the statistics, the analytics, everything that you guys need to know to stay Up to date with your beloved Kentucky Wildcats We just wrapped up uh, Kentucky's winning podcast over Vanderbilt How that happened uh, Everything that went well for the Cats down in Nashville And it's already, Sean, time to talk about The Volunteers, the Tennessee Volunteers, are heading to Rupp Arena on Saturday, so we are recording this ahead of time to uh, break down what we know about the Volunteers and uh, how Kentucky could pull off the impressive home win over its bitter in-conference rival. So, Sean, let's get us rolling. Uh, uh, What do we need to know about the Tennessee Volunteers?
1: They they struggle to score points. That is the the one thing that stands out. If you've turned on the tape and watched Tennessee in recent weeks, they absolutely struggle to put the ball in the basket. But on the other side of that, they're second in adjusted defensive numbers in Ken Palm. So out outside of LSU, who's number one, uh, this will be another tall task for Kentucky to to be efficient in efficient against offensively. But they're they're going to have an advantage this time. That LSU game with the injuries to Xavier and, and then Ty-Ty being out, they had no idea who their point guard was. That, that certainly affected the way that game was played. This one, Kentucky knows what they're good at now and what they have success in, and that, that's going to give them a game plan to have some success. If Kentucky can get to 70 points Saturday, I think that they win this game. But if Kentucky's efficient offensively, they shoot it well, they get points in the paint, and they don't allow Tennessee to turn them over, I think Kentucky could win this game by double digits.
0: Well, it's uh, definitely a possibility considering Kentucky's offensive numbers as of late are uh, fairly unbelievable. In fact, uh, we we touched on it a little bit last show, but um, Cal, there's kind of this back and forth uh, – in the vanity game of what happened when when Cal went with his three guard lineup and his three big lineup, right, and and there was this uh, this massive outrage on social media about what happened when Cal decided to to go w- with three bigs and said he went with the. Um, Keon Brooks, Jacob Toppin and Oscar Sheboy line up there for a while. He even went in. Uh there was a a brief moment I believe he had Toppin, Collins and Sheboy in together at the same time and and it was it was just almost comical how Kentucky's go they jump jump out to a ridiculous start. Things go incredibly well. They uh roll out the so I have the exact numbers. They open the game on a 9-2 run, spread that lead to to uh, 17-8 and then and then 11 points at 22 to 11. Then um with 11 36 to go, Mints gets subbed out for Bryce Hopkins uh, and that's the first three big lineup. Bryce Hopkins, Jacob Toppin and o- and Oscar Shibway and then that during that stretch the Commodores go on an 11-0 run to tie the game at 22-22 and then Cal does his little mini-platoon, subs out all three of those guys, puts back in the starters, and then Kentucky goes on a 14-0 run uh, of its own and leads by as many as 16 before the half. So, Sean, it's very clear that when this team is clicking, when they are are going guard-heavy, it's very clear that this team is capable of putting up a ton of points, and that's exactly what they need against against Tennessee. In fact, I was crunching some of the numbers uh, recently. Sean, get this. The Wildcats are averaging, with its typical starting lineup of Savir Wheeler, Ty Ty Washington, Kellen Grady, Keon Brooks, and Oscar Shibway. They are averaging 128.9 points per 100 possessions, Sean. And then when you replace Savir with Davion Mintz, so essentially what we've been seeing the last two games, uh, that that three-guard lineup of Davion Mintz, Ty Ty Washington, and Kellen Grady – Sean, they're putting up 149 points per 100 possessions. You take you take those guys out and you put in the three three uh, big lineup, the three big lineup of Keon Brooks, Jacob Toppin and Oscar Sheway, Sean. They're putting up 35.3 points per 100 possessions. I mean, it's almost a 100 point difference in those two things whenever we go three bigs versus three guards, Sean. I think it's very clear at this point what is working and what is not for the Kentucky Wildcats.
1: Yeah, and and that group that that was healthy, take Wheeler out for the last two games and then throw in either Keon or Toppin at the four only, and they were plus 45 in those two games against uh, Georgia and against Vanderbilt. And then against Georgia, that lineup didn't start the game, and they played that lineup of Toppin and Keon a couple of different times, where it's probably plus 50, plus 60 if uh, if they play them a little more together or if they don't subs as much as they did against Vandy in the first half and then late in the second half. But, yeah, it's clear right now what's working, and which kind of brings you into if Xavier Wheeler does play Saturday, do you start him? Do you bring him off the bench? And I don't know – it's one of those things where I don't know if it's a right answer or a wrong answer. I think it's just kind of an opinion or how you feel. Or You get one coach, and he probably thinks one way. You get another coach, and they probably think the other way. Or maybe these coaches have had experience with this same situation, I said today on uh, Kentucky Daily that I think that they should bring Savir off the bench for the first game or two and just roll with the lineup that's been planned. They've established a rhythm. Let Savir play his way back into it. And, and then don't, don't do anything to mess with the ingredients that's working right now. And then if Savir goes in and he's playing well and he can play 27 to 30 minutes or his normal amount of production and time, then you do it. But if he's rusty, then you know what you've got with this lineup and you don't actually kill the flow that's been working so well. But I think that that's a challenge that, that Cal and the staff's going to have. Uh, but ultimately, I actually think that Cal will start him if he's able to go. I, I just don't know. I, I kind of just have a hard time really messing with something that is doing as well as it is right now. And then here's the other side of that. I, I see some people saying, well, Kentucky's not beat anyone. No, they, they haven't. Georgia's not very good. Vandy's not very good. Western's not very good. But the, the thing is is they've been efficient in those games against those teams that aren't very good. I've seen some Kentucky teams in the past struggle to be efficient offensively against these same teams.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the numbers of those three just uh, playing this playing this this possibility of, of say you leave Xavier on the bench, let him kind of ease back in. Sean, that three guard lineup that they're rocking with right now, 149 points per possession, they have an adjusted margin per 100 possession of 47.9, which is very good. Uh, They're shooting an effective field goal percent of 64%, shooting 41% from three, a turnover rate of just 7%, so they're not turning the ball over either, Uh, assist percent of 47%, defensive rebound percent of 82%. I mean, you go down the list... What's working right now is very I mean, it's working very, very well. I think I'm right there with you. I think that the, I think if it's one of those, if it ain't broke, don't don't fix it scenarios. Well, you clear it's clearly working. i I wouldn't mess up what's working quite well, honestly. and it's not that I'm saying that Xavier Wheeler is not going to come in
1: and play a ton of minutes. I'm just sure. saying to get the game flow established, I think you go with what's been hot. Because, you know, a player's been out. Let's, let's say he plays Saturday. We do not know yet. So that would be almost two full weeks out of action until he's played. Like, there, there's going to be some rust there early in the game. There's going to be that, that moment where he wants to do maybe a little bit too much to get himself going. I think that just naturally it would be easier to kind of let him come in, maybe at that first media timeout or after that first media timeout, put some pressure on the basketball, get a steal, make a play early in transition, Hit, a, hit an open shooter for an assist. and it, it, To me, though, it will be easier to break Xavier Wheeler back into action more so than it is to break a shooter back into action. A, a guy that can make a play on the defensive end or be disruptive on, on that on-ball defense or uh, make a play for someone else, I, I think it'll be easy for him to work his way back in. I just think the game flow needs to be established with this lineup that's been playing so well because if you throw Wheeler out there and, it, and there's some rust, that unit's not been on the floor together in two weeks, it could kind of get stagnant and then you don't know how they recover the rest of the way. Like it might hinder what has been doing so well, let, let them keep that rhythm and then kind of work him in around it. And then at some point let him take on his, and resume his role as starting point guard.
0: Or Sean, let, let's just play double devil's advocate. And, uh, <laughs> I know l- where you're going. And let's talk about the, uh, beloved, uh, Chaotic idea That see okay if you Recall all summer long what Did you hear John Calipari talk about Every radio interview He had every time he went on TV and uh, every Conversation he had every single Time he talked about it he said uh, I want a four guard Lineup he said we're going to have four Positions that are guard positions so this was Back I mean four months ago this was back uh, I mean August I believe It was Uh, Said, uh, uh, I want to play four perimeter players Basically like four guards If you don't have guard skills You can't be in one of those spots If you can't be a driver or creator You turn it over too much That's your responsibility to grow your skills He wanted this entire time a four-out offense And I went back and I looked at the advanced stats And the the, uh, advanced lineups Cal has only used that four guard lineup that he preached so much one time. We have seen it one single possession, a potential lineup of Xavier Wheeler, Ty Ty Washington, Davion Mintz, Kellen Grady, and Oscar Sheboy. I'm sitting here thinking we're seeing what's working right now for Kentucky, and it's the the three guards that have been out there right now Davion Mintz, Ty Ty, and, and Kellen Grady. Why don't we just add in uh, Xavier to the fold? As Chin Coleman went on radio last night And said that exact yeah. same thing He goes on BBN radio uh, after the the Cal show And this was exact his exact quote I think we should play four guards And then he, he said I like the three guard offense for us Because of the ball handling So he's stressing what we've been stressing That he he likes uh, being able to initiate And he likes being able to move the ball up the floor And sh- scoring and shooting opportunities But then he says um, it's a more lethal lineup when we have multiple guards on the floor I want to see us play four guards I want to see us play all four of them I think that's a death lineup with Oscar and whoever else out there So Sean, that gets us to that next topic of Why in the world don't we just say, screw it Let's just play our five best players that are playing As well as anybody in the country right now Why don't you just put your five best players out on the floor And, and just let her rip
1: and and I think you're gonna see it at some point. And Chin's comments on the radio show last night is is the reason why I think you're gonna see it because we know Cal. It's been discussed or Chin wouldn't have said it in public air because you know Cal's probably if, if Cal didn't wanna do it or didn't want to at least talk about it, he's probably thinking, Why in the hell did you say that? Yeah. You know, because now the fans are gonna do the whole let us I wanna see this or are we gonna see this, and that's what we're talking about today. It was in mailbag questions on my end today. It was in DMs. Everybody wants to know like can they do that? And it's not like it's not as much the death lineup from the three point shooting aspect of it because Wheeler isn't going to shoot an efficient clip from that distance. But when you add in a Davion Mintz that can shoot it, a Kellen Grady that can shoot it, Ty Washington can spread the floor and shoot it. Oscar acquires so much attention. It actually fits Xavier Wheeler too because he has all this space to operate and do some stuff off the bounce and get to the rim and, and, and all those things that makes him so good. Uh, Oscar Sheboy is the key ingredient, though. He is – there are so many plays from that Vandy game the other night, Jack, where Kentucky got open looks on the perimeter. Davion Mintz hit a, hit a three in the corner off of a flex a flex screen on the baseline where they, Oscar required so much attention that Scotty Pippen Jr. got too far inside being aware of the duck end that Davion Almintz got an open three. Like – Oscar's a guy now, right, uh, that right now is requiring Like six eyes on him at all times You add in these four perimeter players It's going to make it that much harder to defend him as well
0: And I think it's interesting Because Cal on his radio show They asked him about that possibility If, if you know, why don't you just go four guards And he said, yeah, I'd like to um, but at the same time, you got to worry about defense. We're in the SEC. Uh, you got to worry about you, you know how how is your four gonna guard some of the big you, you know, monster guys that they have down low in the SEC. And, and I look at I look at the roster that that Tennessee is gonna roll out uh, to, on Saturday afternoon. Kennedy Chandler, six foot. Uh, Viscovi at six three. James six six. Uh, Folkey at six nine, and their starting center at six eight. Like how can you look at that, especially like Fulkerson at 6'9", playing that kind of stretch four slash kind of small ball four a little bit. I don't know how you look at that and feel like you can't take advantage of, of, you know, I feel like Cal should be the aggressor in this and say, well, okay, yeah, we might have to defend you, but you also got to guard us. I think that's kind of the mindset I'm taking. Is how are you going to guard yeah. Xavier Wheeler with three open shooters all around him, and then Oscar Shibway down low to to be a ball magnet for rebounds? I think that is the well, secret it, sauce. It's
1: it's the if you continue to score eighty and ninety, doesn't really matter, right? Exactly. Like if, if you're doing if you're doing that, and and I'm thinking I would do it like this, and and you don't have to stick with it. And I'm not saying that he has to do it. Would I like to see this, the four guard look? I would, just to see how it does. Like Experiment a little bit. Maybe you find something at certain stretches of the game that just puts so much pressure on the opponent. And let's say that they run this lineup out there. Whoever has to defend that lineup first is going to be at a significant disadvantage because, one, they don't have tape on it. Two, they've not prepared for it because you can't simulate it right now because you don't know what it looks like. And it would be on the fly. Let's say that they play 10 to 12 minutes of that first half tomorrow. And then you get a look at that lineup around the last of the first half and you try it out for a stretch of two to three minutes and you see how it does. And let's say you have some success with it. Well, then you don't necessarily have to start the second half with it, but you can go back to it again at some point, And maybe it just keeps the other team off balance. It, it's changing it up a little bit. You're, you're going from having a key on there that you're not having to worry about as much, except in that mid range game, maybe flying in for an offensive rebound. And now you're having to worry about a guy that you're closing out on beating you off the bounce. It kind of puts you in a position, does Rick Barnes adjust and throw another wing player on there? Uh, and I just think that it kind of – I mean, you're you're playing chess a little bit. and you're, you're trying to figure out what the next move is. And I think it would be worth looking at it. And maybe it's a lineup that gets eight to nine minutes a game on average. And it, it might be at that key moment in the game where you need a spark and you need a run, and, and that might be one of the combinations that work. Just add anything – to your list of options to kind of try to help you win a basketball
0: game. Yeah and I guess the counter to that is well we're already seeing that they're scoring 149 points per 100 possessions with True. their typical lineup so i mean you don't need them to score 200 points per per 100 possessions but i i do agree you are initiating you are being the aggressor in saying you need to combat us you need to figure out a way to stop us instead of kind of you know playing playing defense on the way Cal's kind of cow's mindset is on it i i just when you have this and, much talent, I just I just don't know why it'd be, it'd be such a bad thing to just see what happens. I, I agree with you. Just see what happens. Experiment with it a little bit. I think this is a good test if you were going to do it uh, against Tennessee because they do play rather small. I, I think it would be a good a, a good chance for them to show that. Well,
1: and, and you get in a situation where you know foul trouble obviously is a, a bigger factor because you've got that fourth guard on the floor and there's an opportunity to pick up a foul or two at a spot where it wouldn't be if you're running three-guard rotation. But Oscar on the floor, let, let's say that Oscar gets in foul trouble. Uh, do, do you automatically substitute with a Lance Ware or a Damian Collins in that size, or do you move like a Keon or a Toppin in there and then instill – play a smaller lineup like do you go key on at the four topping and just kind of go that line I don't know or do you stick with four guards and key on or Toppin? I think these are all things that they have to decide on and I don't know like I would like to see it just to kind of see how it does and it, it's one of those things where if you don't run it out there the way that Mince is playing the way that Tata's playing Grady the way that Sabir was playing you kind of owe it to yourself to at least throw it out there and maybe find something that is dynamic and really hard to guard. And if you just run it out there for three minutes a game, what it does then is the other coach has to spend so much more time in game prep preparing for that lineup that they might only see for a stretch of play. But what when you do that, you're overloading this guy and this team going into the game, and it's giving them more to prepare for, which makes you harder to scout.
0: And, okay, now that we're talking crazy possibilities and, and you know, Thinking of outside the box a little bit Hear me out Because when Shaden Sharp first Arrived on campus, what was the first Thing that Cal said about him uh, That kind of stood out to him Oh, I think he's grown, I think he's Now 6'6", so if You want to You know, introduce a guy And, you know If you have him at that small ball Four as a 6'6", 200-ish pound small ball four Where you stick stick him exclusively On the perimeter, don't have to worry too much About defense uh, Because he's not going to be There's not fewer chances for him to get beat Off the dribble and things like that if, if he's guarding a small ball four or a stretch four Where they have to combat him As opposed to him combating the other team I think that could also be Something that they maybe not Currently, obviously, but something that you think about down the road as a, all right, well, if you really just want to do a, I'm going to throw 100 haymakers and go for the knockout punch every time we play these teams, that would be one hell of a way to do it is by throwing him in with that same group or something of the like. I don't know. That's just, I was just thinking that off the top of my head when we were talking about size size and and kind of that that differentiating size versus skill and, and where to utilize both things.
1: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And and I'm sure that when people listen to this podcast, we're going to have people that agree and think that they should run a four guard look, they should run shade and sharp at some point in that lineup. And, and maybe that's a combo that you see. Uh, Kentucky's entering a stretch of games right now that are just brutal. I mean, you're, you're talking a stretch of play that if they could find a way to go four and one in these next five, I think they could play their way into the two seed talk. And yeah. if they get Wins at Kansas and Auburn, then you're starting to talk. Okay, maybe this team is on the cusp of playing their way into a one seed if they finish strong, because then they're starting to get a resume. It's going to be a tough stretch to maybe work shading into, but I could see maybe getting through this stretch and then kind of looking at that Vandy, South Carolina, and maybe that's when you you get a look at it. He's been on campus then for three weeks. He's got a chance to practice, probably in better shape and and you might get a look at it then. It's going to be hard for Cal to have the confidence to kind of throw a fresh guy out there for the next five. This this stretch is going to be brutal.
0: Yeah, and the – the, that hypothetical was definitely something. that's like way down the road. Just thinking. It, of, it is. of it, what it, it would it's be. February, the, honestly. Yeah, that's that's dream scenario. If everything unfolds the way you want it to, that's something that you know. If if you're gonna throw out the four guard lineup, I'd, having a guy like Shaden in there would be the perfect compliment for that. If you were gonna do that, I think that's the better way to put it. Well, instead of uh, why not try it? And I
1: just think that this team. I think this team, as it is right now is one of the, the more difficult teams to prepare for in college basketball when you're approaching it from a defensive standpoint because they have Oscar, who is just dominating college basketball right now, and he's doing it in more ways than just the glass. Like, okay, it was, it was cool to talk about in November when coaches were like, man, you, you can't keep him off the glass. Well, now you can't keep him out of the scoring column, and it's not because he's rebounding the ball. Mm-hmm. It's because he's hitting 15-footers. He's finishing with his left and right hand. He's dunking the ball. That right there is hard enough to prepare for. And then I think at the top of the the scattering report right now, you go Oscar Schieble at the top of the board, and I think the second name on the board is Kellen Grady, and here's why you can't leave him. Yeah. Like if he goes and gets hot on you and hits six six or seven threes, you're not beating Kentucky regardless of how well you're playing. And then you throw in what Ty Ty's doing and, and all these other things. I think Kentucky's a very difficult team to prepare for as it is. If they could throw in one to two more things, like a four-guard look for here and there, it makes them that much more difficult to prepare for and and more dynamic, in my opinion, just because other coaches are having to waste time and and use time and practice and game prep to prepare.
0: Well, what has been Cal's uh, measuring stick for a a team's potential for greatness uh, kind of throughout the entire time he's been here in Lexington, his measuring stick has been if you have four players capable of scoring 25 points on any given night, you're capable of making a run in March because you don't have to rely on any one player to you know sink or swim you. If you if you know last year if B.J. Boston or, or Terrence Clark or Olivier Saar went cold, then you had nobody on on the team that was able to uh, you, you know. Survive with without them This team, you have guys that have Scored 25 plus points, you have guys Capable of doing that, you know that Ty Ty Is capable of doing that, Xavier has Done that, uh, Oscar Sheway has Done that, Kellen Grady has done that You could just go down the list, and, and there's more I mean, there's then you look at, like we said Dream case scenario Shaden Sharp's down there on the bench I think uh, Kiana scored as Many as 18, 20 points uh, I mean, it, there are so many Scoring options on this team That 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 you you have it's just really tough for any opposing team, like you said, the game plan and and just the way that the numbers are backing up what the eye test is showing right now. That like this team is. is is the most efficient scoring offense when playing the right guys. It's the most. Efficient scoring offense in college basketball And I think that's why you can start Dreaming big a little bit and that's why I, I do Think a, even considering How difficult this run is moving forward I do think that they are capable of Of going you know winning five Of six or how what, whatever well, you need From them and, and right now if you ask me to
1: Like defensive efficiency I know they're 23rd And Ken Palm that's going to go up the minute Xavier Wheeler gets back because he's going to add Something to that, that end of the floor for sure And if you ask me which one I'd rather be more efficient in right now and I know de- defense the, the motto is defense wins championships and it does when when you defend at a high level it gives you a chance but when you're efficient offensively and you can score points you put so much pressure on teams and you could even if it's one of those games where they they muck it up and they try to make it ugly like you can still score points you can still hit shots you can get to the free throw line and do some things there. And, and that's where I think that I'm having a lot more confidence in this team being a, a team that can really challenge for a final weekend of the NCAA tournament because of that offensive efficiency, because the defensive efficiency, it might, it might not get to top five or six or seven. But it's by the time the we get to the NCAA tournament, I, I expect them to kind of settle in somewhere there around middle of the teens, maybe 10 to 15, 14 or 15, somewhere through there.
0: Well, what is that stat that if if you have a top fifteen offensive and defensive efficiency rating in the Ken Palm, the, uh, every champion in the last twenty years or whatever it was has fit that criteria. It's something. It's it's a it, stat like and that. it might be. I think it's top twenty in both. Top twenty is right. what it is. Top twenty, if
1: I'm not mistaken, and and they're right there, and they have been there. For the last few weeks and then obviously the last Couple of weeks the defense efficiency Has gone down it's it's 23 last time I looked and offense I believe was eighth Or ninth somewhere in there yeah. I think, I know they're eighth overall in Ken Palm But those are both right there in that Ballpark of, of being one of those uh, Handful of teams That can win the NCAA tournament
0: Yeah I, I mean it's the, the proof is in the pudding the numbers are there And I think the last Thing that fans need to see right Now is Uh, You know, it looks good on paper when they're winning. They've won every single game by double digits this season uh, that they've won the game. They've won by at least 12 points this year. So you're you're beating the teams that you should beat, but you're also not – you don't have the resume-building wins quite yet. And I think that's what fans are waiting for uh, as that last kind of – patient move of okay now i can think that this team is a real contender in college basketball when the if if kentucky can win on saturday against tennessee if they can beat auburn on the road well, you know go down the list if they can start racking up those type of wins i think that's when the the big time dreams start to kind of settle in as as potential reality
1: well every kentucky team that you feel good about getting to a final four even the ones that haven't there they all had those moments in the season where they go through a stretch of play where you're like, all right, this team has answered the they, – they've answered the bell. We now know that they're good enough to get to a Final Four, to that Elite Eight, and play their way into a Final Four. You had it with the team that didn't get to play an NCAA tournament a couple of years ago. They had that stretch of road play at Arkansas, at Texas Tech. They had the, the road win at Florida to close the year. That's all that this team right now is missing. I think the offensive efficiency, the, the way that they're so lockable right now – the fan base is like, okay, this is a team that is definitely in that second weekend. You win a game or two here in this stretch on the road in one of these top ten uh, venues, and, and you then the fan base is going to say, all right, this team can get to a Final Four and have and had a legitimate shot to win
0: a national championship. Yeah, I think that's that's the big dream. I, I think that this is the this is the first big test here. Uh, that, that fans are going to really start to buy in w- with the hype And, and uh, it's going to be exciting I'm, I'm, I wish that I, were, I uh, would be able to be there But uh, Zach Gage and I are heading heading up to uh, Massachusetts for the Hoop Hall Classic And it's going to kind of transition a little bit into recruiting talk on this show We're going to do a lot of um, the, the same game br- recaps and, and we did the pregame show uh, now we're going to do a, a post game show afterward, but we're also going to pump out a couple recruiting things as well. So plenty of awesome content coming up there, Sean. Any last uh, last thoughts that you need to get off your chest? Uh, overwhelming, uh, you know, predictions, takeaways, things like that before we get, uh, say our goodbyes.
1: Well, I said that I thought Kentucky could win this thing by ten to fifteen, and then if that's what I'm going to stick with, I'm going to say Kentucky wins by twelve to thirteen on uh on Saturday. And hey, right now I've been pretty good at predictions, right? I said that they would win by twelve at Vandy and they won by twelve at Vandy. I said uh, I said Shaden Sharp would wear number twenty one and look God he's he's wearing number twenty one. So right now I'm gonna try <laughs> to make it three for three and and say Kentucky wins this thing. But no just, just stay tuned to this podcast feed. I will be on the uh, post game show for Tennessee and then we'll we'll do some stuff for, for Texas A and M and just just stay locked in with us because we Jack and I have talked about three weeks ago and we come up with a big Plan for this podcast and you're already starting To see that take shape and uh, Definitely excited to see where this goes
0: Yeah uh, guys the numbers uh, they're, they're unbelievable right now I think the, the consistency Is starting to get there and I, I think that uh, The numbers are starting to spike as a result Of it so I appreciate every all of you guys For sticking around with us and uh, Hearing our post game coverage and pre game Coverage to kind of give you a uh, An in depth look at these teams because I know you know I, I love the the, the KSR pregame show and I love what they're Doing at UK I know that they do uh, They're successful in their own individual Ways but I, I there were some times That I, I was sitting There thinking man I wish that there was uh, An in-depth X's and O's Kind of breakdown of the teams uh, Before they happen after the games After they happen what's How the, the games unfolded how the wins Or losses unfolded things like that and I Think that's what we're providing here uh, on The sources say podcast so I am Grateful for you guys following along. The numbers are showing it that you guys are are uh, enjoying it. So I appreciate all of that. Uh, with that, let's get out of here with one final note from again our friends at Prize Picks. The NBA season is well underway, and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite former Wildcats play than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports, and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a Casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the games, prize picks is the perfect game for you. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their projection. Picks gives you the chance to win 10 times Your money for getting 4 or 5 Predictions correct you can have uh, Picks across sports as well the NFL Playoffs are here they are here this weekend So please capitalize on this add In some of those players to your picks With their over under projected Receiving rushing or passing Yards download the Picks app or Visit PrizePix.com and sign up using Promo code Pilgrim that's P-I-L-G-R-I-M To get an instant 100% Bonus up to $100 on Your first deposit don't forget that's a PrizePix app or prizepicks.com And promo code PILGRIM To pl- claim your bonus today And take your viewing of your Favorite former Kentucky Stars to the next level Sean, let's get the heck out of here Where can fans find your work? You can find my work
1: at GoBigBlueCountry.com and you can follow Me on Twitter at GBBCountry
0: you can find me on Twitter as well at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at j.pilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. Thanks again to Justice Dental. We appreciate you. Shout out Prize Picks as well. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. We'll be back here. Uh, we'll say in the next day or two for our uh, uh, recruiting coverage at the Hoop Hall, and again our post game coverage after the Tennessee game. Hopefully things turn out well with that. We'll be back then for another Jam Pack Source to Say podcast. We will see you then.